The gospel lesson today comes from the gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. I will begin reading at verse 21. Mark 1 and 21. Hear the word of God. Jesus and the disciples went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, Jesus' fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sundown, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for Jesus. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. Jesus answered, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And Jesus went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The ministry of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark launches with one long Sabbath day. One very long Sabbath day. Mark tells that right after Jesus calls his new disciples from their nets, they go to Capernaum. When the Sabbath day comes, Jesus heads to the synagogue to teach. And all of the worshipers that Sabbath morning are astounded at his teaching how he commanded the room with such authority. In the midst of his teaching, Jesus silences what the Bible calls an unclean spirit, healing a tormented man. People are even more amazed and word spread quickly that very day. When the synagogue service finishes, they go to Simon and Andrew's house. And as soon as they arrive 
and before brunch, the people in the house tell Jesus about Simon's mother-in-law. And right away, after Jesus rids her of the fever, she begins to work on the meal. One wonders if they told Jesus about the woman's illness right away because there was no one else in the house who could cook. By sundown, that long Sabbath day, people all over town are talking about what they had seen and heard. And a crowd gathers outside on the doorstep, Peter and Andrew's house. People bring family members and friends who are sick. And as Mark puts it, the whole city was gathered around the door. That is less of a head count and more of a way of saying everyone was there. Healing and casting out, healing and casting out, healing and casting out. It must have taken Jesus well into the night. Morning teaching, an eventful brunch, an evening healing service, by any measure, a long Sabbath day. Sometime way before sunrise the next morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus gets up and goes out to find a place to be alone and to pray. And when the others in the house wake up, Jesus is nowhere to be found. Simon and the others, still wet behind the ear disciples, they go out to find Jesus. They were not just looking for Jesus. They hunted for him. It's a strong word with all sorts of connotations. One not all that common in the New Testament. I can't find another example of that word in the Gospels. They hunted for him. Last week, Dr. Barreto preached on Luke 15 and Jesus' parables of the lost things. The woman who lost a coin searched carefully. She didn't hunt for it. It's a different word in Greek. Simon and his companions who had witnessed a long Sabbath day full of healing and cleansing and teaching, they went hunting for Jesus until they found him. Everyone is searching for you. Everyone. It must have been spoken with a bit of exasperation and frustration. Everyone is looking for you, Jesus. Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. Jesus then went throughout Galilee. Simon hunted for Jesus until he found him, Simon expecting to take him back to the front step crowd, to the front step crowd waiting for more. Everyone is looking for you, Jesus. Jesus stood up, looked at Simon, and after that very long Sabbath day in Capernaum, Jesus said, here we go, and walks off in the other direction. There's something so relatable here to our encounter with Jesus the Christ, to our journey of faith with him, to our questions and our wrestling, our desire to have this fake thing all figured out. Because you know there were folks who arrived at dawn back at the house who hadn't been healed yet. What about them, Jesus? Mark says Jesus healed many. Doesn't say all. Just when everyone in Capernaum thought they had this all figured out, they had him figured out, Jesus said, let us go on. 
I've seen more live productions of the musical Godspell than I can count. I know it's a my generation, my time period kind of thing. I know every word of every song. The only live event I've been to more is a Bruce Springsteen concert. A long time ago, Kathy and I went to see Godspell in an art center on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania that used to be a church. And the staging of the play was such that it happened all around and in the audience. Audience members were essentially sitting on the stage and part of the production. Near the end of the play, the Jesus character starts to offer his goodbyes to the company of followers. And they formed a circle around him, and the circle included the audience. And the Jesus character started to make his way around the circle one by one, including audience members, saying goodbye to each. Each character in the play received a unique goodbye that reflected the persona revealed throughout the play. To the athletic, fitness-minded follower, Jesus offered a slap on the back and a fake one-two punch. To the practical joker in the bent bunch, Jesus offered the start of a handshake before pulling up and going to scratch the head. To the character who was chronically sad, Jesus took a finger and lifted a chin and with the other hand formed a smile. And to the one who had a bit of a questionable reputation, lots of relationship history, the Jesus character went in for a hug and then thought better of it. The unspoken message was incredibly powerful to me as I found myself in that circle. For one thing, and this was never said on that stage in the play, we all know what happens after those goodbyes. We all know where Jesus is headed. But even more was the affirmation that hit me hard that night, a takeaway in a little theater in the University City, Philadelphia, that I still cling to all the time. Jesus meets who we are. Jesus meets where we are. Just as I am without one plea, his eyes on the sparrow, I know he watches me. If that Jesus character that night would have greeted me if I was in that circle and said goodbye to me on that stage, I would have lost it. I mean ugly crying. Shoulders heaving and all. And Kathy rolling her eyes at the crier that she married. Jesus knows me. But here in Mark, in our text for this morning, there's a difference. There's a big difference between being known by Jesus, being known by God, and thinking we know that we have it all figured out, this Jesus, this gospel. When Simon and the others went hunting for Jesus, the intensity or the negative weightiness of the word shouldn't be lost. Most English translations drop it with some version of they just went looking for Jesus. The common English version leans in. Simon and those with him tracked Jesus down. 
When they found him, they told him, everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, let's head in the other direction to the nearby villages so I can preach there too. Simon hunted for and tracked down Jesus on behalf of everyone convinced they had seen and heard and knew and now knew everything about him. He hunted for and tracked down Jesus for all those who want to keep Jesus for themselves. Simon hunted for and tracked down Jesus on behalf of those who were so absolutely sure who Jesus was and what Jesus was about and what Jesus could do for them. A careful read of the first day of Jesus' ministry in Mark is a bit of a cautionary tale for all of us who think we know Jesus, that we know Jesus completely. We know Jesus better than the rest. There is a word of caution for any who fall prey to molding and shaping a Jesus of their own making, a savior of their own liking. It's a red flag for any of us followers of Jesus who come to the conclusion that Jesus always thinks like we do and agrees with us all the time. This long Sabbath day in Mark is a rapid-fire introduction to the ministry of Jesus that flashed from scene to scene, teacher, spirit remover, healer, crowd attractor, solitary prayer. And just as Mark seems to be suggesting that this Jesus offers a bit of everything for everyone, just when the crowds are trying to hoard Jesus for themselves, Jesus speaks of what he came out to do. Jesus reminds the reader that there's a difference between being known and thinking we know. Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. Proclaim the message. That message is what Mark calls the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Mark 1 and verse 14. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. A kingdom where the lame walk and the sick are healed and the hungry are fed. A kingdom where swords are smashed into plowshares and the most powerful are brought low and dividing walls are torn down and outcasts are welcome. Jesus didn't come to simply be all things for all people. He came to fulfill the kingdom of God. And part of the uniqueness of Mark's gospel, the shortest of the four gospels, what ought to strike, when, strike you when you take your place on this stage where the gospel plays out all around you, what one should never miss when reading Mark is that you're never far from the ending. No matter where you are in Mark, you're close to the end. We all know how this is going to end. So after a long Sabbath day, right in chapter 1, when Simon and his companions hunt down Jesus, for all of us who think we have it now and forever figured out, Jesus turns and points. And he tells Simon that when he came, what, what he came to do was to pro proclaim the message, and he points in the other direction. But he's not just pointing to the neighboring towns and villages. When Jesus says to Simon, let's go on, Jesus is pointing all the way to the cross. Pointing for the unclean spirits who yell his name, for the followers who try to track him down, for the reader drawn in once again, for all of us who think we know, for all of us, Jesus points all the way to the cross and said, 
that's what I came to do. And when you stand at the foot of the cross, trying to comprehend his dying love for you, for you as you are, where you are, who you are. When you stand at the foot of the cross, there comes this overwhelming takeaway to cling to forever. When it comes to Jesus, his gospel, his love for you and for me, it's something you can never figure out. No, it's much, much more of a gift for you to receive. Thanks be to God.